0: We're going to be sharing some things with you about what God is doing, and how many of you have known and been part either by prayer or maybe finances for at least twenty years of our ministry there in in Guatemala? Raise your hands if you've been part of us for twenty years. you know if you have been with us for ten to twenty to the twenty seven years. I, I, I really beg you to try and come to Guatemala. You know, we're all getting older. And this is a trip that I think anybody that's been participating with the, helping us with these children, anybody that would come would truly be blessed at what God has done and what God is doing. In Hebrews chapter 12, it tells me that in verse one, I have run the race with patience. I have run the race with perseverance. When I was in high school and college, I ran relay races, mostly. Some individual races, but mostly relays. And everything about a relay race is the handoff. It's what you do with the baton. And if the baton is not given correctly, we have seen years where the United States has had the four fastest guys Anywhere and yet they failed to win you know a four hundred meter or an eight hundred meter relay because of a bad handoff and we're we're in the process of handing off daddy and i we're not going to leave Guatemala, but we have set a goal for within the next three years i 'll be seventy five in three years daddy'll be eighty six and <laughs> when and we're going to hand off and <laughs> But that's part of what I'm going to share with you today, because you have been part of who's going to receive the baton, what God is doing, what God is showing me, what God is dealing with me about. We have some pictures of new kids up here that need sponsors, and uh, if you're interested in sponsoring a child, I've got their picture and uh, a brochure, and it tells you how to do that. And for those of you who don't know us, I brought some old Christmas pictures and stuff that you can just pick up, you know, and... and Uh, kind of memorial, you know, memory stuff. But let's get going, Dot, and uh, see if this thing works. This is our first place with the new PowerPoint. So, okay, no, can you go back? There we go. I don't know how many of you remember this, but a number of years ago, a little girl came to us, the judge was so mad when she called me, I could not understand the judge. She was screaming so loudly at me. I thought she was telling me I had done something wrong. And she was screaming into the telephone, come now, bring your wife, come now. And was just, I mean, she was irate. And when I got to court thinking I was about to get arrested, the judge was actually out in the in the road waiting for me to come drive up. And she had a policeman with her, and they jumped in my truck, and she said, Drive me to the hospital. And we went to one of the local hospitals in a village there, and there was a little girl that was 18 months old. And when I walked into the room, she was in a corner crib, they had her in a room by herself. She was in a corner crib, and she got up against the wall in the corner and started going up the wall, you know, screaming at the top of her voice. So they made me leave the room and they had to give her a sedative for Dottie to be able to hold her so we could bring her back to the house. She had been raped by her father. She was 18 months old. Her body was torn so badly it took three plastic surgeries to repair her. She, the judge was so angry. I literally believe if the judge would have had a weapon, she would have killed the father. That's how angry she was. It's been 15 years now. And that's the little girl. And she is celebrating her birthday. And I was holding her that day. I had presented her with flowers and I was holding on to her and I've never spoken to her one time about what happened because she was 18 months old and I never, never again mentioned it to her. But as I held her in my arms, you know, and she was kissing me and I said, baby, do you remember why you came to Casa? Why you came to us? And she looked at me and she said, Daddy, I think think it's because my mama was poor. And that's what Jesus does. You know, Jesus heals and Jesus cleanses and Jesus causes us to forget those things that Satan wanted to use to destroy our lives. But I wanted you to see Doris because many of you heard her story 15 years ago. When I shared her story with you. Okay. Of course you always get to see this picture. That's 1989. 1990. And then this is what God has done. Dottie got prettier. I got older. It's amazing how the years have passed. It's amazing how many of these children are now married, have their own children, you know, members of churches in the business community. That's this last Christmas picture. So that gives you an idea of what Jesus has done over the years. Go on. And uh you heard the young lady say we have 4,951 children. And this week we just got a little boy, another one on dialysis, 4,952 children over the years. So, Dot, I want you to see the dialysis kids because they're our, they're our heart right now. The girl in the front, the, she's in the black and blue there. Her name is Henesis, or Genesis, Henesis. She was the little girl that was dying, and we didn't know what was wrong with her, and we went to a nephrologist. And the nephrologist, of course, diagnosed that her kidneys were shutting down, and she needed a a transplant. She had five sisters with us, and four of the five sisters were five-point matches. They were perfect matches. And so we were able to get her a kidney transplant. If you look at her, you know, she doesn't look that old, but she's almost 18 now. She's approaching 18. A brilliant young girl. She wants to be a nephrologist, um, but she is so healthy and so strong. The other children you see up there are on dialysis. The girl in the middle with the white, bless her heart, we we were able to get her a kidney transplant, and she is doing very, very well. Uh, go to the next picture. This is them, just gives you the height. The boy on the right is our oldest child, uh, and he is 17 years old now, so he's outlived. We've had five pass away. They all died before 12 years of age. So he has outlived any of the other children that we've ever had. In fact, both the boys have. Uh, they're both on dialysis. They have to be on dialysis twelve hours a day every day, so they're they're both very very critical. But uh, our biggest problem with the two older boys is they know they're going to die, and they they have periods of great depression and and et cetera. And you know they they're constantly asking me, you know, Daddy, why, you know. Why doesn't anyone want to give me a transplant? Well, we've tried everything. There's no, we just can't match. There's no organ donors in Guatemala. There's no organ banks. So we don't have any place where we can go for organs. Our children that are 18, every child we have on campus has offered their kidney. Every child on campus has been treated, uh, tested, and none of them have a match for any of the children that, that all of these kids except for the two uh, need a transplant. The little boy on the left is Keezer. He's our youngest child. And if you look at the girl, the third from the left, that's Cindy. She was the first child to come to us after the death of the other children. She was there when two of them died. But she has been very if you look how pretty she is and skinny she is, she's in the little pink dress there, third from your left, gone. This is Keezer, and he's on dialysis gone. We bought him this for Christmas. In fact, one of our children, one of the the young men that's on staff, he's married and has a child, Fernando, uh he's been here many, many years ago when he was a little bit of snort. But Fernando bought that for him for Christmas. So um, our kids love those children. They our, our older boys and girls just have a tremendous love for these kids. But that's his Christmas gift. Go on. This boy we got day before yesterday. And you can see his neck. Uh, that's where the dialysis, most of the dialysis we have to do is in the neck. Uh, so they go through a lot of pain and everything. But the good thing about this picture is he's on dialysis in that picture, but now he's had a transplant. So he's at our house, and he'll be there until, you know, forever. But he'll be there because he has to have the medication, the diet, the, you know, cleanliness, and et cetera. Gone. Now, the little skinny girl I showed you that was so pretty, that's her in the pink now. And you can see her face. You can see the results of, uh, kidney failure. Uh, so she is, you know, she and the girl she's holding are, uh, unless God does an absolute miracle, you know, their time is very, very limited. Once they start swelling like this, it's, it's an indication that their organs are, are shutting down and, you know, but, one of the the things about our kids and you've heard me tell the story they're all saved every one of those children are saved every one of them are born again the the five the five that passed away were all born again they were all saved none of them died alone they were in someone's arms when they died all of these children when it's their time to you know be promoted When it's their time, they will die in my arms, or they will die in Dottie's arms, or they will die in one of our, you know, workers' arms. But they will not die by themselves. They will not die unloved, unwanted. They will, they will be, you know, there. Now, God has done such a marvelous thing in our lives because of these children. Go on. This is Christmas for Marjorie. One of the girls on Dallas is gone. The boy on the right is a Roldo, and a Roldo is one of our boys we raised. Uh, he's been with us since he was Johai to this, uh, just a little bitty boy. And over the years, this child—if you could bottle compassion—you could not find a bottle big enough for the compassion this boy has for for dying children. He has already gotten his RN degree. And he has just graduated as a nephrologist technician, meaning that he's able to do all of the uh, dialysis, all of the other things that deal with, you know, blood transfusion and the, the stuff that has to be done with them. And there he is in the hospital with one of the children. Uh, Undergo, they're doing nephrology now, but if you ever read my newsletter and you see the word aroldo, that little skinny twerp right there, that's who that is. And he is a mighty, mighty man of God. I mean, he is a tremendous Christian. He's just, he weeps over those children. He, he loves them like his own, own kids. And, uh, that's what you have to have if you're going to deal with someone that's in that type of disease or that type of situation, go on. The doctor that got me started is the guy there in the black, on the right, the black shirt. Uh, that's Dr. Lowe. Dr. Lowe is the one I told you about that was doing surgery in in uh, Utah. And he could, he was operating on only rich families, rich children doing kidney transplants. And as he was in the middle of a transplant of a child, he told me, he said, I was literally thinking how much money I was making off of that one surgery. And he said, God spoke to me and said, Randall, children in Guatemala are dying because of a lack of finances and you could make a difference. And he sold everything there. He's Guatemalan, sold everything in the United States, moved back to Guatemala, began a foundation called FundaBM, And in that, uh, Funda, uh, air, huh? Funda the air. And, uh, he, he began and he does free transplants for children that cannot afford it. And we are, we're able to do anywhere from 18 to 21. Transplants a year for children, free, free, and the transplants that he has done in the last three years of all those transplants, which are more than sixty transplants, one child has passed away. So he is an expert uh, physician. We're praying with all of our heart, and I ask you to join with me. We're praying that he will build a home on my on my property. I want him to come and live with me. I want him to be part of what we 're doing, which you 're going to see in a moment uh, because not only is he a tremendous physician, but he 's a tremendous christian and he 's a tremendous compassionate man. He does this he doesn't he doesn't have very much himself. Because everything that he has, he puts into the lives of these children. It's absolutely phenomenal the love this man has for our children. Go on. This is where we're building our hospital. And if you've been to our campus and you've been where the school is, you know, the big property where the school is, we have a a school that runs on both sides of a large courtyard the kindergarten and special ed and classes, English classes, stuff are over here. And on this side is first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, all the way to uh, sixth grade. And then we have a junior high. And then on the other side, we have a high school. And what we've done is on this side where the new well is, those of you been there, the new water well, uh, the tower, if you're standing at the tower, you know, the tower would be right here on your left would be that what is a looks like a big building and that was an area where we taught cooking to the girls and what we've done is we're tearing it all the inside out we're totally remodeling that and that's going to be the kitchen services for the hospital and we tore out five classrooms and we started you can see the hospital is going across from that against the back wall go on Dottie. Now this, this is not doing you justice because right now the walls all the way around are, are as high as I am. And by the time I get back, they will have framed and poured the second floor, which will be all concrete. The bottom of our hospital is going to have an emergency room, living quarters for a doctor, for two nurses, uh, x-ray equipment, an operating room, uh, hemodialysis unit, all of that will be on the bottom floor. And then on the second floor will be 15 to 20 girls on dialysis. And on the third floor will be the same for 20 to 30 boys on the, on the third floor. Our, our desire is that by November 1st, we will open this by November 1st. Uh, remarkably, it will be in operation by November And we will be able to minister to anywhere from 30 to 45 children at a time. And so what I have done, go on, daddy. Oh, we had five surgeries in the last three weeks. (laughs) And these boys are boys that came to us that had been abused. Their arms were non-functional. we actually had one boy, he could hold his arm like that, and instead of doing like this, he could do it backwards. And uh, all of them were just, their parents said, I don't know what they did to them. So they all had surgeries. We had a surgery, <laughs> we had five surgeries, in a little girl and a boy that had his appendix out, and then these three, all with, so if you think you have medical expenses, call me. But, uh, but they're all doing so well. We're just, the only problem was the one with his shirt up like that. He had just come home from the hospital <laughs> and I drug him out of bed and set him in a chair to take his picture. He wasn't real happy, <laughs> but he's doing good. Go on. This is a little girl we just got and look, you could see the bruises on her, on her back and legs gone can see what they did to her. I do not have their pictures up here, but if you want to sponsor a, a child that is not, we, we do not publish. We cannot publish because these, these children have to go to court and they're under death threats because the ones that abuse them know that if they go to court, then they're going to prison for a number of years. And so we have to, we have about 40 kids that we cannot put on the web, that we cannot advertise that we have. I'll show you another one in a moment. And, uh, but those children, we cannot put their pictures out and say, would you like to adopt, you know, or help them? But if you want to help a special child like that, I can give you information about that. Okay. Go on. This is a boy we just got. Look at his back. I mean, it's phenomenal, you know, and, and, you know, he's 10 years old. It's phenomenal the way these children are treated. You know, they're treated like animals. He, he was beaten like this because he was begging on the streets. Mama made him beg on the street, and he couldn't bring home enough money. Uh, they make him. They make him have a, you know, a certain amount they have to bring home every night. And if they don't bring that money home, they don't eat. They won't feed them, or they beat them. And so this is a little boy we just got, and you can see how horrible he's treated. Gone. This is our old, this is where the dialysis children live now. Many of you from here have built this building, helped us build this building. And what we're going to do is that, uh, Dr. Lowe, see, he wants to do transplants, but you can't do transplants if children cannot be given the anti-rejection medicine for the rest of their lives. And that sucker, you know, it's, it's very, very, expensive uh, for the rejection medication. It cost us $7,000 a month just for rejection medication. So it's very expensive. And these children, if they get a kidney transplant and they send them back to a dirty floor, you know, dirt floor, adobe walls, and they don't have the medication, they're going to die in six months. So what Dr. Lowe wants to do, he has contracts with parents right now We have, listen to this, we have 200 children that are ready for transplants. And what we want to do, Dr. Lowe's desire, is that our hospital will also include, we're going to use this building also, and what we want to do is have like a McDonald's house because we can sell the parents on the, you know, on allowing their children. We have parents that want to give their kidneys. But they know that they can't, they're not going to have their kids, you know, just giving the kidneys the first stage. But if we, if we can convince them that we, we have a, like a McDonald's house, we're going to call it something else, but then the parents can come and visit and they can stay there and we can feed them. Parents are just as poor as church mice so we can actually minister to Jesus to them feed them then come spend a weekend they'll be with their children they can do that every week if they want to and be close to their children then we can have the child in order not only to save his physical life but to be able to save his spiritual life as well so that's what we're going to do with that go on this gives you an idea now where where it is you see the construction on the right and that gives you an idea of the school and if you're looking at that and you see the blue building where we, we've torn up to the blue building on the right, here's what we're doing, you know. And uh, unbelievably, my board is in agreement. <laughs> but my goal is as soon as we can get this hospital built, we're going to tear down four more walls and we're going to put another hospital. And the second hospital is going to be for children that are on, uh, with childhood diabetes, And cancer. So we're going to have a cancer hospital and childhood diabetes uh, unit. And then we're going to tear out the rest of everything on that side. And we're going to build a hospital for AIDS. For children with AIDS. So our goal is, you know, and you look at me and you say, Mike, you're so old. Well, I am. You know. But God just said, Moses is gone. Joshua, get off your rear and get to work. And so that's what the baton passing is all about. The baton passing is going to be to those kids that have my vision, my heart, my compassion, and and or, you know know that God's called them, and that are just going to take the baton, and they're going to finish everything that Dottie and I have begun. And this is this is what Christianity is supposed to be. Jesus came off the cross and handed that baton to Peter, Paul, and all those other guys, and they handed it to somebody else, and they handed it to somebody else. And today you're running your race because Jesus handed off. And the ones that came after Jesus were faithful to continue to hand it off. And if we're faithful, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not making comparisons, but, but I really think family life has grown, hasn't it, since and since, I mean, I, I, I've known Francis for a thousand years, you know, and, but he handed it off and look where God has taken it. And one day this young man is going to be an old man and he's going to hand it off. And every time God hand, listen to me, every time God hands something off, it gets bigger. Every time it's handed off correctly, it gets bigger. It gets better and as good as, as we are right now with, with the ministry in, in Guatemala, I don't believe we've seen anything yet. I don't, I don't believe until Jesus comes, it's going to continue to grow and it's going to continue to reach thousands and thousands of children. Go on. That's the property. Look at our, see the walls right there. That's our soccer field. And, uh, you see the, on the left is the big tree way down at the end. The the, kind of the roundest tree. And then on the right, you'll see a tree sticking out. Two acres. God just gave it to us. Two acres. So what what we're going to do is as I continue to build medical facilities, then we'll start building school facilities. And we'll put all the school to be down there and all the medical facilities you see the corner of the junior high school there on the left so we'll go all the way down to there tear all that out and have nothing but medical facilities and then we can move the school down below and uh you know it's it's phenomenal what god has done for us go on here's where we start handing off this is oscar oscar was a little boy whose mama died he came to us many, many years ago, and that's his graduation. This past December, he became an architect, and he is working in uh, our village, our city next to us, San Bartolomé. He is the uh, he has started as the assistant architect for a planning, a city planner for that area. Very smart young man. Go on. Look at that outfit i'll tell you what some people just get better looking at age and but that ain't one of them <laughs> but this is this is probably the most important picture i'm going to show you It's real neat when your child graduates from the university in Guatemala. if you're a college graduate, they dress you in your Appropriate, whatever degree you have, and then you carry his cap and gown. And they come across the stage in regular clothes, and then the parent goes up there and puts the cap and the gown on them. So, but this is, uh, Vilfredo, Billy. We call him Billy too. But Billy, uh, just graduated from the university and graduated in, uh, administration and we have made him he's he's another one he's going to get the baton billy is in charge of all education uh, everything kindergarten through high school i'm going to keep college for another two years but then we're going to hand that to him too we're going to give him the college student we have 81 in college this year so we're going to be handing that off to him you know right now it's it's a full-time job he's got all of education from kindergarten through high school and we just started a uh, workshops in carpentry plumbing etc for degrees they'll they'll earn a degree so we have all of that and he's in charge of all of that also so he has really got a tremendous job but that's billy and then this is Oscar the one i just showed you that graduated as an architect and he's with his brother and that's Josue, who just graduated from the university also in communication and graphic design. And what you're looking at is the next me, the one on the right. He will be the one that I hand the baton to. Uh, Josue was our first child. They're brothers, but Josue was our first child. He, his mother died giving birth to him. His father came and asked if we would take care of him for eight months. And it's been 27 years. But his father went to prison. Got saved in prison. Is a preaching machine. And has built. Now the Lord has allowed us to build over 150 churches in Guatemala. And pastor's homes. This past month, we finished the largest church we've ever built. It seats 1,200 people. Uh, it's the largest one we've built. We've built some in the seven and 800s, but this is by far the largest we've built, and it's all because of his father. You know, God takes even the worst things, and he turns it to the good if you love God, and his father loved God, and he trusted Dottie and I with his sons, All of this, all of these many years. Now they're both college graduates. They're both men of God. And when Daddy and I come in September, we come twice a year. When we come in September, Josue will start coming with us and he will start learning how to present the presentation and he will be able to continue. One of the things that, you know, and I'll fuss at you for a moment. I don't want Casa to die when I die. And I don't want people to say, well, Mike and Dottie are gone. You know, it's not a Mike and Dottie deal. The children will still need food and clothing. You know, it's not about us. And so I just pray with all my heart, those of you that have helped us all these years, realize that, you know, it's when Dottie and I are gone, you know, you're still going to be part of a marvelous, marvelous ministry ministry and it's going to be these guys i mean the, these guys and and that guy on the right is the most personable kid he'll drive you crazy he can flirt with a watermelon he he just he just he'll win your heart but he has such a compassion for jesus such a love for jesus and uh and i have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that he can take to the next level go on we're almost finished. Two of my favorite kids, Anna Lee, is about to graduate. She's finished with everything. She graduates when Dottie and I get back next month. She'll get to walk and, you know, uh, but she will be a certified social worker, so she will take over our social services department. Marlon, the girl on the right, uh, has already graduated from college as a pharmaceutical representative, and now she's studying uh, another area related to pharmacy but there are both a students straight a student how old are you you remember the girl that knocked on my door and said daddy i'm the only girl in my village that has not been gang raped and i want to be a virgin when i get married that's her 17 years later that's her go on Candida is our daughter. She's one of the children we adopted in Guatemala. Kevin lives in our home with Dottie and I are in our personal home. They both just graduated from nursing. They're both starting nephrology education. Kevin is, is taking his entrance exam to become a physician, uh, to start all of that, you know, go to college for, to be a physician and, and, uh, one day he will be our medical director. You know, he's a very, very smart kid. I know he's going to be able to graduate. But that's the two of them on graduation day going. This is minor. You don't know minor. But years ago, we got a little boy. He was only 18 months old. He could not sit up. He could not talk. He would lay on his back and do this. Severely mentally retarded symptoms and one of our girls said daddy can i have him and i said what do you mean she said can i have him can i take him to my dorm and just take care of him and she took him to her dorm and she slept with him he was just 18 months old she he, she slept with him we had to put him in a full body cast because his body was all twisted and we put him in a full body cast and she took care of him 3 months later he was walking he was talking When he was in second grade, he became the number two student, uh, number one student in the second grade. And now, here he is, second year of college, making straight A's in college. And he, he, uh, and he is our adopted son. We adopted him. He is Orlando Clark. (laughs) So, so he's, he's our son. And he will be the one that we transfer all of the property to. And he will be responsible for the physical makeup of Casa, for all the acreage we have in the buildings and, uh, you know, the legal protection that we're going to need when something happens to Nadia and I. And then I wanted you to see Maria. Uh, She came to us a week ago. We can't put her on the web, uh, but I wanted you to see her face. Uh, this is a very good example of what parents do to their children they uh, uh If a child can walk, a child can work. Education is not important. you know nothing is important except what can you give me as a parent? What can the child do for me and so they had her cooking uh, french fries. On an open fire, on an open burner, you know, with ga- with a uh, oil and, and a gas burner, and uh, she was trying to light it. She's only, I think, she's eight years or nine years of age, and she was trying to light it, and it exploded, uh, and so it, it, of course, got her face. As you can see, the worst part is her arm. The, the right arm is severely burned and severely damaged but it just it shows you you know the cruelty of satan and the and the lack of respect for for people towards their children and what they ought to be doing for their children instead of waiting for the children to do for them okay i think we're going to finish up this is look at this group we just got seven brothers and one sister you see the the boy in the red. is he's holding his two-month-old baby sister. Uh, he also just got out of prison. That little boy was three years in prison for extortion with a pistol and trying to feed his brothers and sisters. And uh, so the police got him. And uh, nobody will take a family that large, <laughs> you know, except the crazy Cajuns. And, uh, but you can see how happy they are, you know, uh, cause they just ate, yeah. you know, they just, they just got clean clothes. They got new clothes and they just ate and they're going to have their own bed to sleep in and everything, you know, just, just the basic things going. This is Sandy Carina. She just graduated from college and is a physical therapist. Go on. And this is Kersey. She just graduated from college, gone. And this is our last picture. I'll show you. The girl there is Stella. Was actually she lived in my house. We we have uh, Michelle, who is a handicapped child, and so we've always had somebody that could live with us that could take care of Michelle because she is a special project. And Dottie, Dottie, of course, has a group. Great relationship with her, but we had to have somebody that could sleep with her and help her with, you know, bathing and her food and all those kind of things. And Estella did that for many, many years. And she went to college and she met a boy in college. And that's the young man. And they got married uh, November the 1st of this past year. Uh, and he is just a solid Christian, just a godly, godly young man. And We're so happy for her. We're so happy for, you know, her faithfulness. And if you don't get anything else out of what I'm telling you, God blesses our kids because they learn to bless others. They learn to give to others. One of our house parents, Guatemalan couple that we raised and now they're married, they emailed me yesterday and they said, Daddy, all of our girls, and they had the high school girls, they said all of our high school girls have asked for an elementary girl that they can tutor every day. So when you have children that want to give, when you have children that want to, you know, give up their time in order to bless more unfortunate kids, then, of course, God's going to bless them. God's going to honor that compassion. See what the next one is, just to finish up? There is Mario... You remember Mario is the little boy. His sister was raped at eight. They ran away from home because the older brother tried to stop his father and the father tried to kill him and almost did. And they ran away from home in the middle of the night and he carried his little brother. He can't carry him now, but he carried his little brother in diapers along with another brother and and Estella, the sister, and they got to uh, Guatemala and they lived with us all of those years and... That's them there, and here's their wedding, Gone. There's her wedding day, and now she's pregnant, and this is Priscilla. Priscilla's the little girl that was thrown out on the street with her mother and her sister, and her mother is still with us 24 years later. She's our cook, and the girls have grown up, got married, have their own families. This girl, Priscilla, is a professional Christian singer. She's got her own recording studio. Her husband is a, has a recording studio, and uh, she has all the CDs, the discs, all those kind of things, and a tremendous Christian. Go on. This is our junior high graduates and high school graduates, and the Chinese embassy honored those students. That's an ambassador to the Guatemala, Chinese ambassador. These children all won an international competition, and we're, we're given a, well, awards. award. So you can see two boys and five girls go on. I wanted to finish with Dora. This is a girl, and I know you've never thought about this, but this is a teenage girl I wanted to choke. You know, if I could have figured out a way... To have gotten rid of her and God not know. (laughs) She was the most uncontrollable, aggravating. Every time she'd go to court, she'd say, you know, how bad I was, how bad everybody else was. She wanted to go back on the streets. She didn't want to go home or anything like that. She was on the streets when the police found her. And she just wanted to go back and live on the streets. And she just gave me... Heck, constantly, just constantly for a, for a year. And so finally I told her one day, I said, you're going to court, you know, in a month. Just behave for a month. When you go to court, I'll send a letter to court and they'll put you someplace else. They're not going to turn you loose on the street because you're only 16. She's not even 16. I think she's 14. She looks older. and And... I said, I'll just turn you loose. You can, you know, go to another home. You don't have to put up with me since I'm so bad and all this kind of stuff. So she was real happy about that. But the following Sunday, she gave her life to Jesus. Now she's a leech. <laughs> I got I to peel her off. You know, every time I see her and that face. That's what she looks like now all the time. Christ has just totally transformed her. And she went to court. And the courts, of course, had heard all of that stuff. And so the courts had a court order. They were moving her to another home. And she started crying and begged the judge, you know, to put her in another home. And he said, but you hate, you know, even the judges call me poppy. You hate Poppy. She said, no, I love Poppy. (laughs) So they gave her to us. (laughs) So she'll be with us for a while. But her name is Dora. Isn't she beautiful? But that's a Jesus smile. You know, that's a Jesus smile. Thank you all. I love you. And there's, there's no place, you know, between... No. (laughs) Thank you. It's all, it's all Jesus, isn't it? You know, God will bless you too, if you bless others. And I don't go home and raise money. You know, I don't say, oh, we gotta have this. We, we're building a hospital. But you know how much God has given us? In five months, $536,000 in the bank. And we have another promise of 150000 April 1st. We have more money than we need. Hello. We have more money than we need to build the hospital and to equip the hospital. You know, of course, we're going to need money later to run the hospital, but in God... When I crossed into the border between Mexico and Guatemala in nineteen eighty nine, I went into total fear. I was scared to death. And I and I I left Dottie and and the kids at the hotel and I went to the Mexican border and I just stood at the border between Mexico and Guatemala. And I honestly said, Great man of faith. See there's no there's no book in the Bible called Book of Mike. All right. I, I was totally fearful. I said, God, what did I do? Gave up a ministry, gave up everything back in the United States, drug my kids all the way to Guatemala, you know, and I have $2,000. What in the world have I done? And God spoke to me, and he said, Mike, what you have, you need, and what you do not have, you do not need. And what he was saying was, quit worrying. Everything I needed, I had. It's going to cost millions, of course, to take care of those children. But I don't need millions now. You understand? God has provided for us to be able to build the hospital, equip the hospital, start taking the children that God has for. We're taking them now. But as we as we build, you know, that's where you come in. Your prayers, you know, that's, that's so critical to us. But if you would consider one child, $35 a month, one child that you could just pray for on a daily basis because every child you saw up there that I've told you these remarkable stories about they all began like that every one of them began like this every one of them began like Dora began every every one of them began with nobody loving them, nobody wanting them And then some crazy Cajuns down in Louisiana said, we want to help Alex. And I could preach two hours today on Alex, what God has done in that young man's life. He is part of the team that is receiving the baton. Alex is the most unbelievable young man. I can't even begin to tell you what he has done with those college but with the older boys he and his wife take care of the older boys and they're reading the Bible Alex is ministering to them he takes every boy 51 high school boys and he takes everyone every night and goes over their homework with them. 51 kids you know I don't even have a heart that begins to measure his heart that's what God does when somebody cared and he was one of those little kids he was one of those little kids when a youth pastor and a bunch of youth said we want to sponsor a kid and brother Todd is a youth pastor and those kids that were in his class started sponsoring Alex and they have allowed God to create a mighty man of God so with all my heart There's no place I'd rather be, and I don't say that. There's only two churches that I feel what I feel when I go there, and that's you and Brother Lee's church, you know, that I feel it. I feel your compassion. I feel your love for our kids, and I feel, and I've watched over a quarter of a century, your participation, you know, and that old man back there. (laughs) <laughs> what a man but he handed off the baton <laughs> and praise God he did <laughs> it's yours